The following audio is via a Skype call. Don't you think the woman might have made a mistake? No. It's not possible? No, it's not possible. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. Happy weekend to you. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour. Hopefully that's the case. We have a pretty good guest. She knows how to hold listeners. But before we get to that established and esteemed lady, let's say hello to tall guy Nathan at the board. How are you today, Nathan? Good morning, Gary and Suzanne. And boy, am I glad to hear that you're doing great because, man, what a week it's been, especially in the southern and southeast uh, coast of the United States with Hurricane Laura coming through. Boy, that was just, oof. We dodged the effects of all of that, and we were watching it very closely, and we felt sorry for the people who got it, but we were happy that we were not two of those folks. So it went in a d- another direction. But this is the height of the hurricane season. I think the apex is right around September 10. So there are more... Um, more waves that are building coming off Africa, and we'll see which one of those turns into the next tropical storm. And let's just hope that none of them become a Category 4. Right. <laughs> yeah, Category anything. That's It's really something else I don't tell you, Nathan. I don't know. You probably don't pay much for hurricane insurance up there in Washington. But here in Florida, there's and they had a big controversy here years ago about being tapped out and paying these claims and so suzanne and i decided like so many people we know like about 99 percent of our friends and associates that we would not spend the money on hurricane insurance that's a rider on an insurance policy in florida super expensive and we're not even in the floodplain and it's so expensive that we thought, you know what, let's just make sure we know where our valuables are, the stuff in the safe, uh, the pictures of our family, et cetera, because I'd rather grab them and go in advance of one of these huge hurricanes rather than watch all of my precious possessions float down the street. And while we don't have really any risk of hurricanes or tornadoes in the Washington area, I mean, we've had a water spout or something like that go over the water, but really not much damage. We do get in the fall heavier windstorms, which can knock out power. And especially with all the older pine trees standing tall, they might get knocked down or break off their trunk and fall down and land on somebody's house or car or piece of property, which causes a substantial amount of cost for damage. Oh, definitely. Where Suzanne and I lived in Bothell, bordering Kenmore, I'm telling you that if a parakeet flapped its wings too hard in its cage, the power went out. It was just amazing how that would happen with such frequency in any kind of weather situation. (laughs) It just used to drive me to distraction. And I'm looking at you folks in Kent and Auburn. You know what I'm talking about. And yet there are other places that see very little damage at all. So it's, it's fascinating The thing about Puget Sound, and I was there 21 years, what I noticed is that there are so many microsystems of weather. Here you get sun, you get rain, you get wind, you get humidity, and that's pretty much your forecast for any given year. (laughs) It's much more 
nuanced in Washington State, especially Western Washington. And then you have the two o'clock thunder shower. Yeah, well, we get that. Yeah, and two o'clock, three o'clock for us. Sometimes overnight in the summer rain pattern, which has been somewhat disrupted because there's something weird going on with the global climate. I don't know. I hear rumors, but it all seems strange. But now that we are the the radio weather channel, we need to bring in some of who is our meteorologist for today, Suzanne? Our meteorologist <laughs> today is Lauren Archer. Oh, she does that with heart. Lauren Archer is a mindfulness trainer, heart math coach, and hypnotherapist who champions women and bold men who are ready to break through limiting beliefs and embody their best selves. She's the author of Six Word Lessons on Changing Habits, How to Stop Self-Sabotage and Gain Self-Mastery. For over 15 years, Lauren has been leading support groups for mindful eating and exercise motivation, and many of her self-hypnosis audio programs are available on YouTube. She's a co-host on the Awaken in Her Power Hour podcast which launches this September. We'll have to make sure we ask her about that. So welcome for the 17th time to Manson Mitchell, Lauren Archer. Wow, 17 times. Good morning, Susanna Gary. Good morning. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. Gosh, lots going on in the world, lots of volatility and weather and everything else. I think a lot of people are getting freaked out, but uh, I'm hoping we could talk about Staying calm, you know, uh, making our own weather patterns <laughs> and, and not adding to the, the chaos out there. How does that sound? That's the inner climate we're talking about. That's a good place to begin, Lauren, because I have thought from time to time that if I wanted to invest in learning self-hypnosis again, I did it decades ago, and I certainly need a refresher course. But if I were going to establish a new pattern or three, and I wanted to learn self-hypnosis, I think one of my goals would be to create a kind of emotional bulwark for myself. Mm. I look at all the issues, and in case you didn't know, this is a presidential election year of some consequence. When we look at all of the things happening in the world, I've always been curious to know how hypnotherapists, someone like you, for example, deals with the stresses of life when you have rather an elegant toolbox from which you can extract the means to give yourself an emotional buffer against all of the buffering and buffeting that goes on just when you watch the news. How do you protect yourself in a way that makes use of what you know how to teach? Oh, what a great question. Well, first of all, I want to say that it's ongoing, right? That um, as human beings, you can think of our nervous system as being like the branches of a tree, right? And we've got these little nerves going all over through our body, and we're, we're picking up information from the world around us, uh, from the, the air, the airwaves, the media, right, what we see and hear, um, as well as what's been conditioned in us over our lifetimes. So our beliefs, our values, and who we think we are. And having the tools, as you mentioned, I, I do have kind of a, a broad toolbox because I've been doing this for so many years, uh, to come back and find a sense of center 
in all the chaos is an ongoing lifelong practice. I, I have to practice daily, <laughs> regularly. I still will occasionally get triggered because there is just, oh my gosh, my heart goes out to all of the people who are losing their homes in California and in the South with the hurricane. And there's a lot of people experiencing a lot of fear right now. And when we're experiencing fear, something happens in our bodies and in our brains. Because ultimately, we are still, we're still primitive beings. And our instincts that have been programmed in us, you know, for, for eons, millions of years, are still very much there. And we have been programmed to look for danger, food, and sex. <laughs> those are the things that our mind like that's going to come up first in our realization so there's a lot of danger that we're seeing out in the world right now and a lot of people uh choose to try to escape that through food or through sex or through shopping or through something else um, but having the tools to recognize and to start to see that much of what we are experiencing are i, I like the term viruses of the mind and uh I'm, I'm actually reading a fabulous book right now uh by the same title viruses of the mind and it and it speaks very much to what happens in our consciousness and our psyches as human beings that we have these these thought forms these projections of beliefs of what we think is going on but at any given moment we don't necessarily have the whole picture right and when we've got pictures of fear happening in our minds our nervous systems are going to go into that classic fight-or-flight response. And unfortunately, that shuts off the prefrontal cortex, which is that part of our brain that is our critical thinker. And so we're not always making rational decisions when we're influenced by fear. So I would say, you know, one of the first steps is to be aware, to be aware of how we're programmed and that the fear is is challenging and dangerous to our systems and whatever we can do to start bringing ourselves back to a state of calm and comfort uh, will definitely help override some of those responses. So that's a long answer and we can get into some strategies for that. I know you two have worked with uh, all kinds of amazing alternative healers, and uh, you've had great guests on your show. What are some of the things that that you guys like to do to bring yourself calm in the in the centering uh, of all that's going on right now? I'll tell you, Lauren. Uh, you know, you've asked a really funny question uh, because I I have been saying since uh, March that Gary and I get an A in sheltering at home. We, um, we figured out, I figured out, and Gary went along with it, that I could go to Costco maybe once a month and to our local grocery store about every two weeks. And we canceled our appointments. We canceled our cleaning people. We have been staying at home since March to be the, the safest that we could possibly be. And, Bravo. and and I'm putting on the calendar, like when we go out, 
when when we have a, a necessity for going out. Gary did keep a dental appointment. I rescheduled mine. He kept his. And we've been just marking things down and being ultra, ultra careful with, you know, masks and hand washing and hand sanitizer. And during during all of this, I have been very fearful about catching COVID. I've had conversations either with Gary or with myself about what if I die, what if you die, these people get in the hospital and they die alone because you, you can't even get in to be with your loved one. I've had a tremendous amount of fear. And how do you think that manifested when he and I don't go out and we're not with other people and we're being safe and I was swimming in the pool every day or every other day and getting exercise and eating healthy and doing the best I could. But the fear actually took over mm. and I ended up with shingles, which oh, is very much ouch. nerve related, you know, and yeah. so my nerves are just raw. And yeah. when I was talking to the doctors about the shingles, they said, you know, it comes from stress. Yeah. And, and I'm saying, but I stayed home. You know, I didn't interact with people. I stayed home. But even at staying home and getting an A for staying at home didn't mean that I wasn't fearful about getting COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Well, and, first of all, I want to acknowledge how brave you are to actually say that out loud, that you, you know, are aware that you're experiencing some fear. Um, and I think all of us are. It's hard not to because um, we are we're part of a collective right? None of us exist in a vacuum. And uh, I think for myself and for people that I know in my inner circle, um, there's been a lot of questioning. I think this slowing down, uh, the more time at home, the looking around at the world and not necessarily being sure what to believe, it's inviting people to come back to self and to question what's really important here, right? What's really valuable? And how are we living our lives and how are we making an impact? So I know for uh, myself, Chris and I watch a little bit of news, but we, um, we flank it on either side with um, something like a Jeopardy <laughs> where we're learning something or some uh, historical uh, fiction or something to... Um, uh, you know, kind of escape a little bit. And uh, one of the things that we've been doing lately is uh, we've we moved the coffee table out from the, the living room floor so that whenever we have the TV on, instead of sitting on the couch and being in a position of, of being hypnotized, really, right, like all of the attention going to the TV, listening to all the fear, uh, we get on the floor, and we do, you know, just basic little floor exercises, maybe some leg lifts or some crunches or some little Jane Fonda doodads, you know. Um, but it, it helps psychologically and emotionally to not be sitting there totally staring into this field of, of you know, sadness and, and grief and pain that's happening in the world and trying to allow it to move through our bodies a little bit. Yes. And I think I just, uh, you know, being slightly sensitive, I just took on too much between the protests, 
the election, the COVID-19, the hurricane season. It was like it it was a tsunami onto my nerves to have all that stuff going on. None of which I have any control over. It's just I get all the information coming at me. And, um, you know, it's it, it was hard not to be affected by it. And yeah. so, you know, I, I understand people who, who have been sad or depressed or, or, you know, trying to cope with the feelings that have been going on with regard to everything happening in the world right now. Because it happened to me. I, I failed. I failed. Yeah. I failed to keep I myself healthy. A failure. I would not call that a failure. Uh, you know, the body gives us messages and, you know, being sensitive is a gift. Um, a lot of people are energetically sensitive and are especially feeling the effects right now. And um, as human beings, that's part of our, our learning and our opportunity for growth. Um, one of the things that is, is useful or that I'm finding useful is noticing where I'm putting my attention. You know, when you think about hypnosis and hypnotherapy, and by the way, uh, there's there's a fair amount of mass hypnosis happening right now, and I, I just hope people recognize that. When you think about what is what is hypnosis, it is focus. It is focusing your mind on something. It is getting five senses involved, so pictures, sounds, smells, touches. Um, you know, the, the energy of it. And then it's emotion. The stronger the emotion of something that you see or witness or think, the more it's going to impact your body. And advertisers know this and propagandists know this. And so just be aware of where you're putting your attention. And what I've been trying to do is put my attention on those people who are in the world committed to making a positive difference. And what's happening right now, according to a lot of my astrologer friends, you know, this is just the beginning. The rest of the year, unfortunately, and I don't want to be a bearer of bad tidings, but it's basically a a fasten your seatbelt kind of a moment. Um, The months of September and October are going to be um, volatile, let's just say. We've got the planet Mars is squaring uh, some of the big heavy hitters out there, Pluto and Saturn and Uranus. And uh, that is, um, that's like setting up for a fight. And so be mindful that there are lots of people out there who have great hearts that want the best for the world that are that have built systems and infrastructures and businesses and technologies and and science that will help make the world a better place and so it's it's learning to discern learning to be careful what are you putting your attention on and another another piece of that is i think of the the notion of feminine leadership the the scales are tipping a little bit the existing structures of what's happening in the world are are shaking. They're they're crumbling a little bit, and it gives an opportunity for a new system to come through. And we're looking at the grandmothers. We're looking at feminine leadership, which is more collaborative. So instead of it being a top-down 
we're looking at a, a grassroots, bottom-up, collaborative way of being as a species. And that's how human beings evolved. We evolved to be able to work together uh, as hunters, as gatherers, as farmers and communities. And so it's, it may get worse before it gets better. And hold your attention on the change you want to be and the change you want to see. And, and that's not always easy to do, but um, with, with your show and the amazing guests that you have and people talking about how we can do this together, I think, um, I think we're looking at a breakthrough in early 2021. I, I hope you're right. That, that would be great. You know, I, I have to allow for a certain amount of disaster planning, and I'm not talking about hurricanes. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, Lauren, I find myself wondering about where all of this is headed. And if worse comes to worse, from my point of view, I have actually said to Suzanne very recently that, you know, we've got maybe the most important election. They say this every four years, by the way. But here again, we're faced with a justifiable claim that this is the most consequential election of our lifetimes. I think that this time around, that actually is justified. It's not hype. And if it goes contrary to my preference, I have to ask myself, what will my life be like at my own direction and in consultation with my beloved seated across from me? over the next four years, maybe Mm -hmm. over the balance of our lifetimes, because we ain't spring chickens. Mm -hmm. What would that be like? How would we do life together? Where would we go? How would we engage our minds and our bodies? Because it could be that there will come a time in the not distant future when I'll be one of those guys that figures other than the evening news, I don't need to be tapped into political culture if we're going to see things from my point of view, going down the tubes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the fact that we can even ask those questions, I mean, 10 years ago, would we have been thinking that we'd be asking ourselves these existential questions right now? How, what's important? How do we want to live our lives? Um, and I think with the escalation of all the different issues we're seeing, there's no escape. So often we, you know, we've asked these questions. Think about Earth Day. My goodness, back in the when did it start? In the 70s, um, you know, we've we've seen that we could do better as a species of taking care of our planet. We could do better as a species of, you know, coming up with ways to work together. And we're, you know, the, it's like the the metaphor of of the universe or God or whatever you believe about, you know, the powers that be that if you're, if you're not listening to the message, you're going to get a a knock on the side of the head. And if you don't listen to that one, the knock is going to get a little harder, right? A couple of times, then you might get a bucket of cold ice water splashed on you. And then if you still don't listen, you know, the warnings just get worse and worse. And I think we're getting to that place. And yet, For the first time in history, we have technology and communication tools that we've never had before. We have the opportunity to work together collaboratively, and we have the opportunity to build 
online businesses, to create new ways of, of connecting, uh, to even create new economies by coming together in groups of people and deciding, wait, what, what do I value? What's really important here? And making those choices consciously. So, you know, in, in the face of crises, the, the best opportunities usually follow. So we want to keep our focus on that, that, you know, yes, we're going through some rough times, but what is it that we're going to bring to our lives, to our planet, to our communities, and to ourselves on the other side of that? So it's a big question. Well, it definitely is. And we want to be in charge of our little patch of life, of real estate, of whatever we can control. That's something that reading a book about the Stoics, the ancient Stoics that has come home to me, I think it is a very relevant philosophy for our times. It's important for the individual to decide what is and is not within our control. There are the things that we can influence, and we should be mindful in doing so. But there are those things beyond our control that do not need to disturb us unless we choose to become obsessed with them and think about them, worry about them compulsively to the detriment of our own enjoyment of life. Absolutely. Yes, I have a, a, a mental uh, model that I use to describe that notion of the locus of control. So maybe I can get into uh, a description of that a little bit later. But I um, want to emphasize what you said about the Stoics. I've been, uh, I subscribe to the, it's a free daily, um, you know, inspirational uh, email that I get from uh, the dailystoic.com. And it's, um, it's just really excellent reminders that we're not the first culture that has gone through tragedy like this. In fact, we're probably among the first that hasn't gone through some massive tragedy. So it's, it's recognizing um, that these times give us an opportunity to draw deep inside of us to decide who we want to show up as and what we want to value. And I think that's a great uh, point you make that there, there are things that are going to be beyond control and we can complain and we can moan and we can blame and we can say life's not fair and it's true life's not fair but focusing on what we can do and what we have responsibility for is is the only way to feel uh it's just just stay sane i think Hmm. that's right yeah these these times and it's happened throughout history and civilizations around the world going back to whenever you're quite right where the challenge to sanity is present. If you look yeah. at ancient history, things that we would consider unimaginable horrors are firm facts of history. And people woke up in the morning and went to work or had their daily meal or whatever they were doing with these ever-present realities, and that was the only reality they knew. They didn't have right. any chance to go vote it out of office. It's just, <laughs> they didn't have elections in That's certain right. places. And, and you just got to deal with and here we have some measure of choice about how we will conduct our lives. That brings up the phrase locus of control. Let's keep that in mind, Lauren, because on the other side of the break, that is one of the things I would like to get into with you. And Suzanne has a list here of topics important to her. I think they will merge agreeably enough. After a two-minute break, we are Manson Mitchell. Lauren Archer's in the house. We're always happy to talk with her, and we're so grateful for your listenership. We'll be right back here at Seattle's home of Alternative Talk, AM 1150. 
Receiving audio was via a Skype call. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. Being a teenager is tough. There's the constant pressure to be liked. Endless worrying about college. Cyberbullying, high expectations, all the negativity. There's no question. Being a teenager is tough. And what do Washington's teens do when they want to block out the noise and clear their heads? We play! Research shows that teenagers who participate in high school sports have lower stress levels, more confidence, and greater self-esteem. And then there's the biggest benefit of all. High school sports are fun. Not just fun. They're a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Encourage your teenagers to participate in a sport or activity when they go to high school. They'll stress less and smile more. And they'll be laying the foundation for a happier, healthier future. This message presented by the Washington Interscholastic Activities Association and the Washington State Secondary Athletic Administrators Association. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed for the first time Dr. Drayvon James, founder of Everyday Peace. Her goal is to educate, empower, and inspire others to build the life of their dreams no matter what shows up, good, bad, or otherwise. On Saturday, we spin the platters as we play DJs for a day with Labor Day music as we take a break from our working life. Bringing you mastery and mystery one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our our friend Lauren Archer, who is visiting with us today and sharing her wisdom from her years of experience in uh, mindfulness training, heart math, and hypnotherapy. Lauren, if people would like to connect with you, not only what is your website, but I know you've got a couple of events going on. You've got a new podcast coming up in September, which I mentioned. So let everybody know how they can connect. Okay. Well, thank you again, Suzanne and Gary. I appreciate being on the show with a bunch of amazing, like-minded, thinking people who are interested in making the world a better place. Um, my website is laurenarcher.live, L-I-V-E. 
And I do have a couple of really exciting announcements. So um, those are listed on my events page. So laurenarcher.live forward slash events. I am speaking at the upcoming We Empower You Summit, and that is on September 9th. And, um, you know, I mentioned I've got some amazing astrologer friends. That is the day that there's going to be some pretty heavy energy going on in our skies. And um, this day is a a 12-hour summit with amazing presenters from all over the world. And we are talking about getting ahead in business, in career, in love, and in life. And I'm going to be offering a presentation called Secrets of a Hypnotherapist. And uh, do this and you'll never have to pay a therapist again. Uh, And then also we are launching a podcast with my co-hosts, Bettina Carey and Jonathan Severy. And it is called the Awaken in Her Power Hour. And we are three women all uh, of age. (laughs) Jonike leads us in the uh, crone spirit. She has been uh, teaching all kinds of amazing things with with human evolution and management and leadership. Bettina Carey is a business mentor and maven, all helping empower women and myself. So we're going to be launching that podcast live during the We Empower You Summit. And the fun thing about this is it's only $17 for the entire day. So you're going to be getting so much value just by showing up. And even if you can only attend for part of the day, not everybody's going to have their calendar open. Um, All the sessions will be recorded, so you'll be able to have access to it. So it's going to be a lot of fun, a great bunch of people. Again, that's Wednesday, September 9th. And you can get information on my website at laurenarcher.live. And the information about the summit is on my events page. So thank you so much for letting me share that amazing information. It is amazing. You're amazing. And we're glad to give you that time for you. See, Suzanne, we intend this every week. This is what I call a full exposition though Lauren has far more that she could offer and talk about. But we like to put you in touch with people there locally who have these things to offer. And so much of it now, let's face it, is conducted online anyway because you just need to continue social distancing. Yes. Not everybody does, obviously. Yes. Well, this is going to be an online summit. So the whole thing is all uh, online. There's an app. Uh, that you can have access to and watch the app uh, or if you're out in the you know just out and about you can listen without having to sit at your computer all day so there's that's where i was going with this notion of hope for the future too because yes never in our lifetimes that we know of have there been this many uh crises happening at one time and at the same time there has never been the opportunity for so many people to literally create new worlds. When we go into this digital world, when you look at what's happening in the in business in the stock market right now, the companies that are leading, you know, the, the economy may seem to be collapsing, but the companies that are leading the economy right now are in digitization. So there we cannot get away from it. This is where we are going. And it it levels the playing field in a lot of ways because 
people can come together, find niches of other people that they work with uh, or that they want to collaborate with and literally create a new world, something that they want to dream up. I'm doing that right now, partnering with other people and because I got tired of working alone. <laughs> it's hard to do everything by myself. So uh, working with other people, playing and, and creating uh, visions, dreams, programs that I'm proud of and that will help serve and, you know, uh, empower others is fabulous. So focusing on what we can control, we said we were going to come back to that and not what we can't. And there's a lot that we that we can control. I think uh, from a fear standpoint, if you're feeling afraid, if you're um, if you're feeling too sensitive and overwhelmed by what's going on out there, I would say focus on what you can control. Find other people that are doing things, whether it's work, whether it's a volunteer organization um, that you are aligned with in your values, and and take some small actions. Do you know one small thing that can make a difference, and that will that will go so far in terms of helping you shift your energy and feel better about the options. And just think if everybody did that, if everybody took a small step and tried to make a positive difference in the world, how, how that would change things. I love this idea of having a locus of control, Lauren, because it's about influencing what and whom you can, and then not giving too much of a damn about the rest of it, if indeed it is beyond your control. Let's take this hurricane, for example. It slammed into Lake Charles, Louisiana. The effects were felt far and wide throughout Louisiana, into Texas and beyond. I look at that, and I will watch the news, and I will actually have a conversation with myself, and I did this time. I said, I can't do anything about that. There are a bunch of insurance agents in those areas that are going to tell people that it's an act of God. And you didn't get your expensive hurricane insurance. And for that reason, they cannot help you. And so once again, you reach out to the federal government and hope that money will be coming to rebuild your home. And I hope that happens for them. But all of this is beyond my control. I can wish them the best, and I do. But beyond that... I've got to live my own life. Yeah. And so there's only so much energy. Uh, Suzanne likes to call that units of energy in a day, any given day. Mm. And I think she's right about that. You have to look at the units of energy you have available and decide how you will not simply spend them, but invest them to best effect. So true. And, and energy units uh, have different qualities. So, lower level energies like fear and worry and doubt that is energy that when you put your attention when you put your focus on those things it depletes you it's like it drains your energy battery however when you focus your attention on what you value and what we value can almost be synonymous with what we love right so putting your attention on what you value, what you think is important, and what you can do, things that elevate your energy, that actually, it's like 
it charges your batteries. It gives you more energy. And it may seem counterintuitive, but uh, it, it has been proven to be true. So I like to think of uh, a model of an archer, and maybe it's because that's my last name, but uh, I also have seen an amazing uh, picture by an artist named um, Stefan, oh shoot, I'll have to get his last name. Um, and it's a beautiful archer, and she's, she's aiming out at this ethereal target out in space. And if you think of the target as being what you focus on, right? Not just the, the bullseye, but the whole target is what you focus on. And if you keep that focus as just what's within your locus of control, and now if you think about the rings of the target, so the bullseye would be being in a state of love and joy and appreciation and happiness, right? I mean, that's what we all want. We all want to get to that place of just loving our lives, of being relatively happy or joyful or content, of doing things that we believe in, of you know, thinking thoughts that serve us and taking actions that uh, help us get closer to our goals. So that would be kind of in the center of the bullseye. And then the further out of the circle, the further away from the bullseye you go, the more those things would be things that are out of our control, fear, doubt, worry, things that are happening outside in the world. And so to catch yourself when you're having those feelings, when you're having those fears, to pause and go, wait, what, what, where, where did I just shoot my arrow of attention? What was I just looking at in my, in my mind or in my thoughts or in my feelings? And if it's off, if you're focusing on what you can't control, if you're focusing on fear and worry, then right there to just recognize, uh, whoop, I just shot the arrow. I, I just missed shot. I just missed my target. So now we're going to refocus my mind back to that center, back to what can I do? What do I value? Who do I want to show up as in the world? In spite of what's going on, how can I choose to be the kind of person I want to? And then just continue to refocus your aim. And it's like target practice for the mind. You're just continually moving the target back to the center. And yes, we're going to miss once in a while, but that's a, a, a fun, easy way to think about uh, how you can focus your mind to get to where you want to go and to feel better in, in spite of everything that's happening. I love that idea because it puts you too. in yeah. charge of your own destiny. Yes. Yes, and because everybody's going to value something different, right? You get to decide. Like some people might decide that they're going to, you know, sell everything they own and they're going to go, you know, start a, a biodynamic farm and they're going to teach about farming. Other people may continue to, you know, work at their jobs but bring their consciousness and their energy into finding solutions, right? Being part of the solution, not part of the problem. Um, other people might uh, donate to certain charities or go volunteer or do something. So, I mean, it, it depends on you and what you value, and that's the beauty of that free will. But it's continuing to refocus and think, what, what am I putting my energy in? What do I, what do I love? What do I choose to continue to focus on? 
Uh, when I was in my 20s, I had the, the privilege of sitting with some Native teachers and uh, learning about the Lakota Sioux tradition. And something I valued so much was um, a vow that I took to, to do my best to at least be part of the solution and not part of the problem for the rest of my life. And I don't always, I, you know, there's living in Western culture, there's so much more I could do. I mean, just from our buying choices to what we eat and uh, supporting organic farmers, all of that. But it's like, if I can do better and keep that as my focus, um, then I feel like I'm, I'm making progress. And then to think about the choices that we make, uh, impacting seven generations. Like we're, it's not just about us and, and you know, where we're getting our paycheck next week. It's about how are the actions we're taking as a species impacting the next seven generations and using that as a guiding principle when we make decisions. We're getting pretty big and lofty here, but thank you for letting me go there. I'm passionate about this. I do like that. How are we impacting future generations? I'm looking at the people who are coming up behind us and what they're needing to deal with, especially with global warming and the protests. And I, you know, I wonder how uh, how equality is going to be looking for women and people of color in the future. Um, my my sense, my personal sense, is that I I think that we are shifting how it is that we are thinking about things and looking at things, and and I hope that this is going to be more uh, inclusive, and so I I have that point of view, and and it seems like this is like the last gasp of. Um, something that we're trying to get away from. And so I ask myself, what what is it going to look like when we don't have these particular problems? You know, and it, and it seems like we're moving, it's possible we're just moving in that direction of not having that be issues here. I don't know if it's 50 years, 100 years, you know, five years or 200 years, but I would like to think that we're going into uh, a more loving uh, direction rather than uh, a direction which is is more contentious. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Well, and that's another thing I loved about uh, not only the, the Native American traditions, but uh, I've seen this modeled in uh, Celtic European and um, different indigenous tribes, as well as it, it's a concept used in sports psychology, um, Carl Jung, uh, looked at it, and that is the breakdown of who we are as, as people into those four directions or four dimensions. So, you know, north, east, south, west, earth, air, fire, water, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. And we are, so, so the, let me take that back a step. So the masculine way of looking at the world would be the outer, which is physical and mental or intellectual, right? That's that's sort of the masculine, that's the Newtonian physics way of looking at things, that what we see outside of us is all there is. The feminine, and this is not necessarily about men and women, this is, these are principles. The feminine looks at emotions and at values. And I think we are being forced to ask ourselves 
what do we really value? And that's where I'm seeing a lot of the um, disruption is there's disagreement on the surface of what we value. And when we begin to drill down in any culture, the, the east to the west can look so different, right? The north to the south can look so different. But when you start coming towards the center and asking people what's important, you find things like respect and things like care and courage and honesty and valor and compassion. And those are qualities of the heart. They're not necessarily things that we can measure on a stock chart or measure with, you know, numbers. Those are qualities of the heart, and that's about being. And so we get to really dive deep and ask ourselves what's important personally as a culture, as a collective, and as a species. And, uh, boy, we're, we're, in for, we're in for a wild ride. Fasten your seatbelts. I am perfectly prepared to believe that. I saw in the news this morning footage of a Donald Trump rally yesterday in New Hampshire. And prior to the beginning of the festivities, someone on the loudspeaker did his civic duty and encouraged everyone to put on a mask and was roundly booed for his trouble. And I thought, what's it going to take? You know, if, if you're not socially distancing and you're not putting on a mask, you're endangering not only yourself, but however many others, in case you happen to have the virus, and you're spreading it around at possibly a super spreader event. What are we to say about human free will and responsibility to one another? You talk about a wild ride. It's already begun. Yeah. Well, and I agree with you, Gary. And what what the, the questions that I ask in these situations are what are the beliefs, what are the stories that these people are holding on to, right? Because there's two sides to every story. And Stephen Covey said, you know, seek first to understand in the, in the uh, seven habits of highly effective people. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. And so my curiosity is what stories are being told? What viruses of the mind are being spread? What memes are being uh, held onto in the, in the minds of so many people in our culture? And how can we as individuals and as a collective, spread stories and memes and you know positive viruses of the mind that are more inclusive, that allow us to be better people, and that allow us to create a world that will leave a, a, a positive legacy for those next seven generations. So yeah, I, it's an interesting time to be alive for sure. Yes, that's an old Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. <laughs> oh, here we are. We have just yeah. a couple of minutes here, Lauren. I did want to ask you, one of the things that you teach is mindful eating. What are some tips for focusing on the meal that you anticipate, but often, and when I say you, I mean me, often fail to enjoy because I'm fighting battles in my head or I'm reacting adversely to the news on TV instead of enjoying a simple meal or an elegant one for that matter. What are some quick tips for people to enjoy the eating experience? Mm -hmm. 
Well, number one is slow down <laughs> and to notice, you know, think about that, that metaphor that I shared earlier of an archer. And it's like, what, what thoughts are going through your mind? You can think about your, your mind as being a movie projector. And a lot of times we're projecting movies. We've got stories running through our consciousness that aren't happening here and now. And so to catch yourself and don't judge yourself or don't make it wrong, but go, oh, I was just running a movie in my mind. I'm going to come back and I'm going to be in my body and I'm going to look at the food that I'm eating and, and be present with the flavors and the colors and the textures. And, uh, and you know, free tip here, 75% of what's on your plate should be vegetable. <laughs> if you want to live talking a talking Suzanne's long, language. She likes to yeah. quote Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson used to say meat should only be there to flavor your vegetables. <laughs> yeah, I well, love that it. sounds so wrong. I, I have nothing against meat. I, it's just I, I think most of us put our attention on what we can't have. And if we instead, you know, could it, how many people do the five to six servings of vegetables a day, you know, besides Chris and I, I think we eat, we eat so many vegetables. It's crazy. Um, but when you're eating that many vegetables, there just isn't room for much else. So, you know, have fun, enjoy the flavors of your vegetables, butter and garlic. Best. And I give mad <laughs> props to the vegans and the vegetarians, because if you find uh, this conscientious form of, of dining to be not only responsible, socially responsible and compassionate, but also enjoyable, Man, you've got it licked. I think that's a terrific way to go. I've never been able to pull it off, but I know any number of people who have and do. I admire them for it. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Me too. Yes, and then get on your floor when you're watching the news. Uh, don't just sit uh, hypnotized by what's happening. Get on your floor. Use it as a time to do some leg lifts, some butt crunches, some push-ups. It'll, it'll keep the energy moving through you, and you won't be uh, in as much of a fearful state. Excellent. We've got Thank about you. 30 seconds, Lauren. Give us the wrap-up once again, the short version of what you're going to present online. Secrets of a Hypnotist at the We Empower You Virtual Summit. Uh, I'm also going to be kicking off the morning uh, ceremony uh, we're launching the podcast that day, and I'm going to be doing the closing ceremony. And it is Wednesday, September 9th. You can learn more at laurenarcher.live on my events page. So thank you so much. I hope to see many of the listeners there. Let me know. Give me a shout out that you heard me on the show. Excellent. Thank you for being with us today, Lauren. We appreciate it. Always a great pleasure. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of your day. All right. You as well. We Stay wish tuned. the same for everyone else. Stay tuned for Jupiter Rising. It's rising once again. We hope you stay safe and have a great weekend, everyone. And stay tuned to Alternative Talk AM 1150. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.